Welcome. You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. Ooh, did you guys watch any of the trial of um the southern who's the southern the yeah the murd is it Murdoch or Murdoch? Literally, literally, it's spelled D A U G H, but everybody on all the documents says Murdoch. Says a doc. Right? Yeah. I don't know. So so here's the funny thing. Netflix released that documentary like six months ago, and it's been on Netflix for a while. Yeah. And because of the televised trial, people have gone to Netflix, and it's number one right now under like a docu-series on Netflix. That's how much... I mean, dude, I watched the judge's final sentencing of him, and it was... It was by far, I mean, he said, you know, Mr. Murdoch, the very fact that your grandfather's portrait hung in this courthouse in the entryway, and I had to remove it because of the conflict of interest in this trial speaks volumes to everything I'm getting ready to tell you. And it was just like, chung, chung, chung. It was wild man did he ever admit it no but here's so here was his game plan i'll admit i stole millions of dollars from because he was like an ambulance chaser lawyer right Mm -hmm. so you got into a wreck he comes in and like there was a guy who ended up a quadriplegic for the rest of his life and the lawyer fees murdoch made like five hundred thousand dollars and stole six hundred thousand dollars from the guy so his game plan was i'll admit that but then they'll say wow he's honest and then when i deny the murders the problem is he was like i wasn't there and then there's snapchat video like he's very clearly there and then he's like wait i i was there but then i mean it is it's crazy he's an it attorney it's wait, unbelievable just- unbelievable oh. What is the old school show? The like Law and Order? No. Oh. No. I mean, that was a good guess. Yeah. It's a great guess. But like the it's like twenty four it's like a show. There was a show. Oh, the called first 24. 48? First 48, where they have 48 hours to solve the crime. No, Snapped. That's when the women it's Also the on Netflix, but it's an older show. It used to be on TV. Unsolved they, Mysteries. Also, bum, bum, bum. yes, but What's no, the, yeah, it, they also bum, did bum. the Murdoch <laughs> thing. Oh. oh, I don't know. And it was like Right before the trial, like the day before the trial. That I'm so unaware of I that. I watched literally the Netflix series and then the old school, and it's like a television show, and it's like 24 something. Wow. So like 2020, maybe. Huh. Maybe 2020 did or like 60 Probably, minutes or Probably, yeah, I could see that for sure. It's like old school interview, putting pieces together, video clips of all the stuff. I don't know. I had like just watched the Netflix documentary, and then it was like, you might also like this and i was like yes let's just murder it up right now wow interesting yeah it was wild though and i just have a theory man after the johnny depp dateline there you go that's good good after the johnny depp amber heard was televised and then this was televised i mean the live stream on youtube there were millions of people watching it it's just unbelievable all right here's some would you rathers welcome to the rest of the sermon and we are getting after and the first question is this would you rather live in a country with the low cost of living but absolutely horrible weather or live in a country with a very high cost of living but absolutely amazing weather both of those scenarios stress me out. Thank right. you. Like, I feel my anxiety peaking just thinking about it. 
because I'll either have seasonal depression or depression <laughs> over my finances. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Two things that I like value very. I'm telling you, the older I get, man, the more and more sunshine affects me, and and I think that I could grind it out every day to kind of hustle in order to Sri Lanka or Switzerland. Right? There you go. Perfect. So Switzerland's bad weather because I would no, think Switzerland's the, snow. the good weather. Switzerland's oh, like good. where okay. Adolf Hitler hung out at. Costs a lot to live there. I don't know. No, not really. I don't know. Not really. Yeah. LA. LA is uh, what we're talking about. Okay. Like every All like right. that's why homelessness is a big deal in LA because the weather's incredible. So it's a great place to be Some homeless. Some apartments don't even have air conditioning units. Correct. Yeah, that's where I'd be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I am not going to LA. But LA, bump LA. I just like the weather's good. Yeah. Somewhere in California. It's good. It's really good. Here's another one. Or, or, or did everybody answer? None of us answered. None of us answered. Really. What are we doing, guys? <laughs> Where are we living? I've got to go to weather because it rained, and even my husband was like, "So you're not, you don't do well in rain." Right. Like, no, you also I get don't. flooded in though. Okay. Yeah. It's true. Very true. <laughs> Nikki, where like what? I can't do the bad weather. Okay. All right. So we're grinding it yeah. out, Adam. Yeah. Good weather. Yeah. Right. We're gonna. Good weather. Good weather. We're working yeah. for it, guys. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> we'll this figure is great. It out. Would you rather meet your favorite author or would you rather meet your favorite musical artist? Adam, I wonder what yours is. Yeah, author. <laughs> 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 what art what musical artist would it be? Oh, that's a good question. That was the first time mm. I wish we had a camera. Right. Mm. That was it. <laughs> Chris Martin influenced the way I play the most. So Oh wow. That's like good. Coldplay, Chris Martin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not well, I hear that know. on Sunday? I mean, I For sure. Like if you but grew just... up with Coldplay, then you hear Adam I think Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I think Sunday, I definitely dun, heard dun, 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 dun. If I could, if Jesus ruled the world. <laughs> yeah. So good. So good. I mean, and. I'm and we are definitely not Coldplay fans because we sang the the cheesiest, most well known song yeah, by them yeah. for sure. All right, everybody else, what is it, Yellow? author or musical artist, Alex? I'm gonna say kind of author scholar, I guess. Okay, who Tim, is it? Tim Mackey. All right, there you go. The like Bible a, Project guy. Yeah, like love it. His voice is so known. Yeah. yeah. Hey, have you been listening to kind of the experiences that he's been having and the shift in his theology on like visions, prophecies? Spiritual gifts, being a continuationist versus sensationist. I mean, you're you got me intrigued. It's very interesting. <laughs> it's very good. What's the source? Uh, it's by far right now his most listened to sermon that that he's given, and it's a lecture. Oh, on YouTube. It's oh man, it's very good. It's very very good. Yeah. Very good. All right, musical artist or author. I'm meeting Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, <laughs> I love good. it. Yeah, so Dolly. good. Yeah. I'm so good. You've professed your love. I, for her. I cannot. It's good. I mean, she's everything. I'm gonna meet an author, but I don't know which one because I don't have a favorite. But I want to see how that mind works. Mm -hmm. Like writing it all out, coming up with the plot, the plot twists. Yeah. You gotta write like a good. I need good. you to meet some Suspense of your authors. Thriller. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, my favorite book is the Bible, so I would want to meet God. Well, <laughs> yeah. Just, wow. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. No, I mean, I would definitely author, and I would probably would just love to meet Spurgeon, for sure. So, mm. pastor, preacher, author, theologian, all the deal. We're still rolling our eyes. On all of that bit. stuff. Yeah, I'd give like it. What if you were a little let down after you met him? Oh, for sure. <laughs> what if, though? Well, like, I mean, I've been... You know, you asked him a question. He's oh, like, so you yeah. never Spurgeon died at 47 guys mm -hmm. and was extremely unhealthy. He worked himself to death. Um, he died broke. I mean, there's like a lot of things. Spurgeon never preached one sermon on gluttony yeah. ever, you know, like Charles Wesley had a or John Wesley had a horrible marriage. Jonathan Edwards, horrible marriage. So you're th you're leaning towards musical artists now. Though. George Whit. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just yeah, right. I'm just saying like I don't like how these guys sometimes get put in stained glass windows and they're heroes of guys that are in the ministry. And the reality is, man, you you would not cost. want to mimic. Listen to this. A. W. Tozer. Whenever he died, his wife remarried, and his wife in an interview asked. What is the difference between 
after being married to A.W. Tozer, which is a huge deal, and your current husband. And she said, A.W. loved Jesus, but my new husband loves me. I mean, wah, wah, wah. Like, yeah, anyway. Then that okay, that's a whole separate you podcast. Quote Spurgeon to Spurgeon. 100%. It would be like the Chris Farley Paul would. McCartney. <laughs> you remember that time? You remember that time? You remember that time you wrote that song yesterday? <laughs> yeah. oh, that was crazy, wasn't it, right? <laughs> All right, would you rather be smart like wicked smart, limitless smart? I'm smart. <laughs> but an ab <laughs> but an absolute jerk. Or, or would you rather be just so sweet and everybody loves you, but really, really not smart in this sense? So wicked smart, limitless, decades beyond Elon Musk, but a total jerk. No one wants to be around you. Or would you just rather be so sweet and loved, but I mean, struggle bus every day? I think loved and struggle bus. Yeah. Because people would look over it like, uh, okay, so we just love her. Love me, they love me even though I'm an idiot. Sure. Okay. Verse, yeah, I would need that. I need the people. So whatever okay. brings me to the people. Yeah, nice. Anytime I try to sound smart, it never works out. There you go. Yeah, this couldn't be. I could, it would keep me awake knowing I was a jerk. Yeah. All right. Last one, unless you guys got some other ones. Would you rather have a face that everyone laughs at or a name that everyone laughs at every time they say it. <laughs> what like if we have mean. one of those now? Yeah. That is like, so mean. I, sorry. Sorry. Right? Name, you want the I, name? I feel like it's cheaper to change your name than it is to change your face. So I mean, you funny. Can't <laughs> you can't change the rules of this, we Haley. Try. You can't. I'm not, changing the rules i'm giving like what i would do i would change i would have a, a name <laughs> i would have an also people are going to change your name whatever like you mean i had what? Haley sutton and i had a lot of nicknames growing up that i did not choose that i did not think people were going to come up with out of those two names you people know are I mean? brutal man i they think parents are. nowadays even when they're preparing to have a kid think of like well what would their nickname be Absolutely. what would they be called like that's that just speaks of childhood trauma. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. is like super traumatized because of that. I had a friend that. that used to sing the Nickelodeon song to me, and I hated it. Oh Loved wow, her. hated it, but it yeah. drove me insane. Nick, Nick, Yeah, now I'm like, that's guess what we're saying for everybody. I had a normal name. Like I was in a classroom with like three other. Nickies, yeah. so you had to like use the last letter of your alphabet type thing. It please, I mean, please tell me you've like seen you've seen the skit A A Ron. Yes. Oh yes. my goodness gracious! My oh, and Trey Kennedy puts out a one of a kid's names like every week. Oh, so literally every week. Like, how does he do that? Oh, so I don't know. Listen, it's A A Ron. All right, Demarcus, you're good. You can go to the bathroom. Okay, yeah. so, so my brother good. and I were sending each other stuff back and forth. Yeah. And I said something. I'm like, okay, Benedict. And I said, Benedict Cumberbatch. He did not know that was a real person because of that oh, skit. Oh, my goodness. He's like, why are you? And I'm like, no, he's that really skit. In. Did you guys notice he he's now on a like a commercial, like a nationwide? Mm -hmm. That skit is so famous that it landed him the actor yeah. a nationwide commercial and stuff. That's got to be an alias though, right? It's huge. Or what's a surname or, or a pen name? Cumberbatch? Yeah, I don't know. Nope. I think his that's name is not Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Be real. He is Dr. so. Strange have you now. heard him talk? How I, English I have, he is. But also, everybody's got fake names. No, it's legit his name. Brad Le Pitt's not his name. Well, but I don't. I mean, he's who, British, so I don't know. Yeah. Benedict. What are we talking eggs about? Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. <laughs> he was Sherlock. Eggs. 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 
Immediate, <laughs> immediately went to junior high as fast as we could. You know because I mean? we're talking about this junior is, high trauma. This is so what you back there. So it just good. Does. Hey, listen, we ask for people to send in questions constantly and to to chat with us and all of that good stuff. And I think, Haley, that we have had a question sort of sent in um, that was just kind of like a, hey, I've got a question, answer it on the podcast. It really wasn't a follow-up question in regards to any particular topic, but it was like, hey, I listen, I've got this question. Yeah, and we like encourage people to do that. When we make the post, it's like, ask about your life. Please, ask about anything. anything with the Christian walk, we're here for it. So the question is, how do I tackle the book of Revelation when there is so much fear and childhood trauma associated with the book? The things in this book have caused so much fear for me since I started hearing about them around the age of five. I'm terrified of the beasts, the tribulation, Mark of the Beast, etc. So how do we talk about the book of Revelation? Oh, man. I just... So I can give a little insight because I grew up very similar. Sure. Like, I remember my grandma watching the news, and anytime something would happen, yeah, she went there. Equated and, it, yeah. Yeah, and so that kind of fear was not instilled purposefully or, you know... Sure. It's just these are the end times are not. Yeah. End times are not. Right. And as a kid, it's traumatizing and scary. And yeah, yeah. I can relate and understand and appreciate this question. Yeah. My, I mean, I think initially my heart shatters as someone who teaches the Bible to hear that kind of question because what's underneath that question is is that the scriptures have been weaponized. Yes. To cause something. That is literally the very antithesis of, of the scriptures. And so we say, I say a lot at Westside, big questions require really big work. And so there's a number of things. I know Alex has got some real practical things to follow up with it. The first thing is, is um, the very first verse, or verse one or verse two, says the revelation of Jesus Christ. The primary purpose of the book of Revelation is to reveal Jesus to us in a very victorious way. So out of the gate, if our goal is, is, is anything other when reading the book of Revelation, if our goal is anything other than I want to see and know Jesus more than John, the author of that book, would say, you are reading that entirely wrong. It is not primarily about prophecy. It is not about when the world comes to an end. It's not about all of this other stuff. It's about Jesus, because John's writing to these Christians being massively persecuted. I mean, violence. Every single day, their life is threatened. And he goes, guess what? I got a vision of Jesus, and he wins in the Amen. end, yeah. which was to encourage them to go, all right, guys, no matter what we face every day, we know this in the end, that Jesus wins. So already out of the gate, it is so concerning that when we approach that book that way. Number two, the reason why we do that is because we miss... It's the, the study of the Bible is called hermeneutics, and, and we miss a key hermeneutic principle, which is this. The Bible was not written to us. Okay, we say that all the time, and you can almost hear people gasp, right? <laughs> the Bible primarily was not written to you. It was written for you, but it was not written to you. There were seven churches in Asia Minor that were of the dispersion. They go to Thyatira, to Ephesus, to Pergamum. There were real people in real places in real time that were suffering under Nero and all of this. So number two underneath that is, what's the context? What, what's going on here? If you received a letter in the mail, you would want to know who's it from, what's the date. It's the same thing with the book of Revelation, okay? So number one, it's about Jesus. And if we approach it any other way, it's wrong. Number two, who is it written to? When was it written? Why was it written? To answer those questions. And number three, this is huge. What is our view of the kingdom of God? Yeah, that's a big one. Now, here's what I mean by that. 
Hey guys, we wanted to take a break from the podcast and I wanted to fill you in on this incredible resource. Listen, I know I've got a lot of pastor friends, a lot of church volunteers, maybe you're on staff at a church, and there's a ton of things that when I started working at a church that I didn't know anything about. And when I became pastor at Westside, there was a lot that I didn't know about. And one of those things was church insurance. I'm in a board meeting, someone says, what's our insurance policy? And I'm like, I have no idea. Listen, I don't care how much you paid for your seminary education, they don't teach you about church insurance. But listen, Westside has found a great resource at First Choice Insurance through our agent, Matt Phillips. First Choice Insurance is locally operated. It is family owned. They have a ton of insurance policies from A to Z. They've insured everything from airplanes, zoos, like legitimately, Matt told me that they've insured a lion before. So listen, if you work at a church, if you're a pastor and you're like, seminary did not teach me about church insurance, I want you to reach out to Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance. The number is 573-686-2870. Again, that's Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance, 573 686 2870, or you can check them out on Facebook. Again, family owned, locally operated, Matt Phillips, First Choice Insurance. Back to the show, guys. Does Jesus teach in the Gospels what I would call an escapist mentality that at any chance you need to be looking for a way out of here? I mean, as soon as you can, hit the eject button, we're out of here, it doesn't matter if this place burns up, whatever. I think primarily the question, the answer to that question is absolutely not. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's primary plan is not to snatch us and escape us out of this per any responsibility, but rather to usher in the kingdom of God in the here and now. John says he sees the new heaven and the new earth coming down out of heaven to this earth. We believe in the restoration of all things. And so an end times view from the very beginning that promotes fear is immediately out of the first two verses contrary to the book of Revelation because it is written to encourage and to strengthen those. Number two, it's got to be all about Jesus. And number three, how does the rest of my theology, guys, when, it's almost like we read the Bible and then Revelation is an appendix in the back that's like separate from the rest of our theology. We need to go to the Gospels, and what does Jesus teach about the kingdom of God and all of this? And so, Alex, what are some resources and some things that have helped you in your study of the book of Revelation? Yeah, I mean, two of them that help. Uh, the Bible Project has a lot of good words to use. Yeah. On what is even Revelation? What does it actually mean in the yeah. Greek? Apocalypto. Right. So it's actually a Greek word, and yep. so a lot of us, we don't even know that. I mean, apocalypse is highly charged. Sure. When you say it, people get scared. Yep. But it just means revelation. It just means revealing. It's, it's one. It's revelation. Yep. Not revelations. You know. <laughs> yep. And so mm. um, the Bible Project, I think, would be a good place to start if you're wanting to just get a good overview of what the Bible is. It's apocalyptic literature. Yeah. The, the book of Revelation. Adam, did so. you ask what does that mean? Oh, I just mmmed. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> good. Amen. Yeah, so, Amen. So yeah, I think the Bible Project would be a good place to start as far as the actual book of Revelation. What's the author's intent? Like yeah. I said, what is apocalyptic literature? What's it for? Yes. I love the way Tim Mackey explains it in the Bible Project. He talks about it's like political cartoons in the newspaper. Yeah. And you see the symbols, and you're like, what do those symbols mean? Well, look deeper. Yep. There's going to be revelations. They're gonna, you're going to see something like in the book of Daniel. Yep. Very similar image. Eugene Peterson says, the reason why we don't understand the book of Revelation is because we don't understand the rest of our Bible. Yeah. The one book of the Bible that has the most Old Testament references in it is the book of Revelation. And there is some 360 Old Testament, direct Old Testament references. So we can't get to this until we've understood a lot of other things. So that's a great insight, man. Yeah. 
And then the second thing I think would be huge is Shane Wood. He's yeah. a professor at Ozark Christian College. I actually had a buddy of mine that actually went to like be his friend. So it was really cool. I got to see his books. Yeah. He actually has a book that he wrote about dragons and all this other yep. stuff. And what I love is every Easter, or excuse me, not every Easter, every Christmas in his nativity scene, he puts a red dragon oh. in his nativity oh. scene. I know oh. a church that did yeah, that and one. So right. it messes with you and he puts it, he's got young kids and his kids are like, dad, are we going to put it out this year? He's like, yep. absolutely. So, but on YouTube, Ozark Christian College, look up Shane Wood and he's got a full-fledged walkthrough of the book of Revelation and it's so practical Yes, and it's so easy to understand as far as what is God actually trying to say to his people? Yeah. It's a message to his people. It's good. I think we forget that. I think 100%. it's almost like a... It's time to give another shout out to another sponsor of the rest of the sermon podcast. This shout out goes to our great friends over at Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, Missouri. Smart Marketing is a fantastic media company. And when I say media, I mean websites, graphic design, videography, Anything that you need, Smart Marketing can do it. You need to head on over to Facebook, just type in Smart Marketing, and you'll see their cool light bulb logo pop up, and you can get a ton of information there. Or you can just give them a call, Smart Marketing at 573-840-0334. Again, that's Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, 573 840 Zero three, three four. Back to the show. A side note, like a cheat sheet. Yep. It's not. It's meant to actually give us life, not take us. Yeah, for sure. So, so, like so, to this person writing in, I would just say, number one, please remember Second Timothy. God has not given us a spirit of fear, yeah. but of power, love, and self control. So, anything that promotes fear mongering is is not of the Lord. Number two, I think it requires big work. Who, I mean, what is the content? I mean, what does the word revelation mean? Like just these, we have fast forwarded through all of these basic things and we immediately get, get into the deep waters yep. and we're like the birds flying or Apache. Yeah, yeah. You know, all of that stuff. And we don't understand the basic references of the old Testament in that sense. And so I think I, I wholeheartedly endorse all of those um, references when it comes to that. So I appreciate that question. So much. And again, it's it's heartbreaking to see something like that used and weaponized in that sense is uh, is sad because God wrote that to encourage, and the word encourage means to put courage into. So how in the world could something that was written to put courage into you literally has been used as fear, which is to yeah. take courage out of you, yeah. you know? I think I deal with that a lot in my area is what is age appropriate. Sure. And I think the adults in that time frame all were very biblical, very this is the way it is. Sure. And relationship was not always there. 100%. And understanding was not there. And yeah. that discernment takes time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and then you find out, like, this is fun, and this will mess with everybody's theology. Oh. Um, you know, like the idea of a rapture and all of this stuff, yeah. that's that's about 150 years old, max. Mm -hmm. The yep. early church fathers never wrote the word down once. And there was one gentleman who primarily went to southern small towns of incredibly poor and incredibly uneducated communities selling his study Bible. And for the first time, his study Bible notes were with people next to the text, and that yep. was Mr. Schofield. Yep. Uh, Schofield Bible. Just, just Google Schofield. Yep. That guy was a snake oil salesman. I mean, he was sued. He was pursued by the government, all kinds of stuff. But this theology birthed primarily a lot in southern states. Yep. And so you can even survey a map of evangelicals and evangelical Christians who are in Seattle, Washington, or up in Maine, would primarily not ascribe to a premillennial dispensationalist fear-mongering type of eschatology. It's primarily in the southern states. And there's a there's a direct historical reference to that. Mm, and yeah, yeah, man. And so there's real stuff that, you know, we we gotta deconstruct some things in order to reconstruct some things. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent in that sense. So man, that's beautiful. Well listen, if you guys have any other questions, please send them into the podcast. We would love to answer anything in any way, shape, or form. But 
this past Sunday, um, we launched back into sort of an established sermon series. Yeah, we, I love it. You know, we do this a few times. There's been New Year, New Family. There's been Summer in the Psalms mm-hmm. of just kind of um, established rhythms. Like, hey, this time of year, we all need to hear this message constantly. And um, so in the season of Lent and on the road to Easter, mm. um, last year we, we started Memento More, which simply means remember death. And what we did is we just dove in literally to the topic of death, life, um, a life after death, the afterlife, all of these types of things. And, and last year, we, we got into the weeds on some stuff about hell and what happens when you die and all of that stuff. And so we just launched back in that this past Sunday. But I wanted to ask you guys this, um, doing this series again sort of this year, Obviously, we did it last year, right? Um, what did God reveal to you last year when we first like just introduced Memento More? Like, I really feel like this series has traction. Even the phrase Memento More, I think, has traction now in our church. But, but looking back last year, how did this series hit you first? I had just become a mom. Hmm. Ooh. Wow think about death a lot when life comes into the world. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a great sentence. I, I mean, just really of like, oh, something new. And then also, I got to keep this baby alive. Yeah, I got to <laughs> keep her alive. I don't yeah. know. It was just a, a weird season. I remember going to our community group and being at um, Stacy's house and like Maeve was like not even like sitting up, like had her in the bouncer seat you know or whatever and like just my husband reading my obituary to the group wow and crying because i don't think he had ever processed that like i could die yeah right like you know what i mean like i mean it was just like a big thing and just like also like people were coming up to me and like we're not super in like we're not on staff yet or anything like that and like hey i'm gonna change things in my life like I'm going to quit this job that like takes me away from Jesus. I'm going to, I mean, like, I feel like it was very heavy in an appropriate way. Wow. Like, I mean, straight to the jugular, like what what matters? Like, like, Hey, let's cut the crap. almost. Like, let's take things out of our life that like truly don't matter, that don't glorify Jesus, that don't even bring us joy that we can then attribute to Jesus. You know what I mean? And like, Let's get to the root of it and just like what are we doing? What are we doing? Right. What are we doing? It was a recentering almost, but because of the gravity of it. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. What about some of you other guys? The first time just kind of reviewing last year when when Memento More dropped and you were hit with it. I agree with Haley. There was such a heaviness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being out and I was acutely aware. And I don't, I don't think I was in there for the first intro to Memento Mori. I think I was in the back with the kids. But I remember I was out listening, and I could have told you where everybody who had experienced a recent loss was sitting. Yeah, sure. In that moment, mm-hmm. I was painfully aware yeah. of they just lost so-and-so, they just lost so-and-so. Yep. And that, at first, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I needed to hear this because they could probably tell me this better than sure. I could. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, I think I felt that way pastorally. Like once I dove in and studied the topic, you know, one of the stats is basically about every nine chapters in the Bible, you're going to run into death. Yeah. Okay. Either a direct reference, like this is what happens when you die, this, that, or the other. I mean, really, it, chapter three, boom, you start the story and it's there. And then when I saw it, I was like, well, of course. Like, you know, the greatest statistic in the world is one out of every one human beings die. Yeah. Every church member I have is going to die. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they've all experienced death. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we should be talking. Like, why are we not talking about this? You know, for sure. When you gave the clock illustration mm. of like, yeah. hey, if you're 20, whatever, you're at yeah. already like four o'clock or five o'clock. And I just yeah. remember being like, 
my life is over. Yeah. <laughs> and I See, haven't started it. Yeah. For me, even I, then, it didn't necessarily set in. Uh, I mean, I, I still was like viewing it from outside of the room, mm. almost through the window. Like, okay, yeah. That seems like a sure. valid point. And yeah. What Nikki was saying, you could see the hot spots in the room of the people who, uh, where this did hit home and where this was valuable and like how it had shaped their life. And uh, r- remind me, did we do, um, so during Ecclesiastes, did we, do we, I mean, oh, yeah. We did something similar. Oh, yeah. There's right. like two whole chapters in Ecclesiastes. That's my first rem- recollection of like, you know, yeah calling yourself to think about your own life and your your Solomon says it is better to go to a funeral home than a party because the wise people are in the funeral home and the fools are at the party because this is the end of all mankind. Mm-hmm. I mean like the wisest man who ever lived said the best place you can be is if you can go to a funeral today, please do it. Mm. Because the priorities and the recollection of everything. Oh yeah, man, that came up a ton in yeah. Ecclesiastes. Yeah. For sure. Alex, were you guys able to follow along on any of that or get in I on the first time? I just remember going, wow, that's a topic. Whoa! It's the classic, you, you'd say what we're talking about, you say, welcome to Westside. Welcome yeah. to Westside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Everybody in this room is going to die. But it challenged me from 200 miles away, even in Springfield. Yeah, like, wow. I was like, wow, that's a, that's, good. that's a conversation that not many pastors and churches are willing to even address. Sure. They'd rather wait for, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, right, for sure. So, so now fast forwarding, now we're dropping it again. We've kind of sat through the first sermon, the introduction, which was very similar to last year. Just, I think we always have to start in Psalm 90, which just says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Like, that's incredible. You know, St. Jose Maria says, um, at least one time a day, cast your mind to the concept and the moment of your death, and then view everything else in that day in light of that day. And and that was a, you know, a spiritual practice that monks did and everything like that. And so in this season of Lent, when we slow down, we think about our mortality from dust we were created into the dust you shall return. How is this series hitting you this year? Now, looking back, we kind of reviewed it, but what's it like now? What has changed? What are you noticing? <laughs> That's okay. I think it's I think the same it, answer probably we all have. I don't think we're going to have a light one. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think how quickly I tried to push out that reminder. Mm. Like I needed it again, but also the right view of death. Mm. Um, for someone who struggles with anxiety and depression – I think there's like a common phrase of like, I want to die. You know what I mean? And there is a right view of death and it is not an escape. Mm. Like, does that make it like there is there like for anybody struggling with depression, like that is not, it's not an escape. Like that's not what death is. A temporary solution or a, or a a forever permanent solution to a temporary mindset or problem. Yeah. 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 And just like, what comes in the afterlife yeah. is not like, I don't know, like there is freedom of pain and that, but there is so much more to it. Yeah. And also thinking of our death should not have us longing for like just death. Mm. It should change how we live right now. Yeah. I mean, that was a big idea Sunday. Yeah. Like what's you the know? goal of this series is that by remembering our death, we would renew our life. That's the point of it all. Exactly. You know? And so like, I think that is like a, a reminder that we need. And I think like even going into it, I was like, well, we've done this before. Do we need it every Easter or whatever? And then like, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We absolutely do. Especially like one in general. I don't care if you've never experienced sure. a bad thought in your life. You need that Two coming off of the seasonal depression that happens yeah. like in this area. Yes, you need to remember this and know that we are going into a season of flourishing and life. Yeah. And like that is seasons of how your mind works. That's seasons of everything. That's You're good. not alone in that. Like I think it's hit almost harder this year because it's not the first time I'm hearing it. It's building upon something I've heard that I can go, 
I connect it now. Yeah, for that sure. Makes sense. I mean, and the big thing was like, what are we celebrating in Easter? Like all of a sudden we're like, yay, Jesus beat death. And it was like, how can we understand the victory of Easter if we haven't meditated on the gravity of death? Like, what did he beat? What were the implications of that? That's good. Adam, you were going to say something. You had a thought. Oh, Psalm 90. Do we have any clue how old Moses was when he wrote that? I don't think we do. I mean, he was he was very old. Very old, because he was speaking to, you know, 70, even Sure, 80. yeah. I just think it's so... It's timely, and I, you know, the 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 inexperienced part of me, like last year, was like, oh, I I haven't really experienced death. This is this is, these are good thoughts, you know. I'll give some time to this, but you know, the harsh reality and what Moses saw here at the end of his life was like, death is is the only finite thing, like one of the only finite thing, like for sure things that are going to happen. And how do you shape your perspective off of it? Obviously, he's saying, like, teach us. We number our days. We thank you for the good and even the bad. We thank you for it. And I just think it's so valuable to lay a good groundwork at this age, you know, Mm. 30, 35, 40, you know, know, whatever it is, like understanding how we will pass and you are going to deal with death in your own life and lay the foundation for having that perspective. And I think having this every year roll around, especially right before Easter, you know, we go into it celebrating life. I, I think it's prescribed. Yeah. It's and good. It, it just helps that perspective of like, we are not meant for here. Mm. And it, I don't know how long it took Moses to get to this point, you know, it's where good. he spit out Psalm 90, 91. Yeah. But here we are at our ages and, uh, we get to glean off, you know, we get Amen. to pull off that and hopefully, you know. How much more? Yeah, that's good. Alex, what's it been like for you now? Like being here, it's dropped, you're in it, you're, you know, what's it like now? To be honest with you, man, for me, it's very personal. Because hmm. there's still things in my own personal life that I have still, you know, looking at the obituary and all that stuff really messed with me a little bit. Yeah. Um, because my dad's already passed. He passed away in 2020. Yeah. And so for me, it's the, when you get to read it out, Mm. and who's who's already there mm. and uh i'm not afraid yeah it's going to be a reunion mm. and uh Come that on. takes some uh yeah that's some that's some deep stuff you yeah know? man for to, sure to, for your heart to be able to experience a, a reunif- like you know, reunification of yeah that. that's yeah huge. that's good i At- think what you both are touching on though is very correct when you've not experienced death or you've experienced death it does have a different perspective yeah. All of us sitting in this room last year yeah. were in a very different headspace. For sure. And and I think we are now. Yeah, I think that's what I was gonna say. Adam, you said the phrase, my inexperienced self. Um, I had not read and probably prepared I'm I mean, I'm talking the quantity of books that I read to prepare for Memento More. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a few series where I've really dove in that much. And so I would have said that I was extremely prepared, but you said my inexperienced self. And it reminded me, there's a very famous poem by Robert Browning Hamilton. And he says this, I walked a mile with pleasure and she chatted all the way, but left me none the wiser for all she had to say. And I walked a mile with sorrow and narrow words said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. And I think about last year, I was actually walking with pleasure reading books about sorrow Mm -hmm. and to experience JT's death and to think about a year, 365 days, guys, almost to the day that we started the series of thinking about him being around and in my life, and I was walking with pleasure, teaching about sorrow, Mm -hmm. but I've walked with sorrow this past year, and there hasn't been a lot said, and I have learned so much more in light of that, Mm -hmm. and I think the brevity of life, I said Sunday, our problem is not that we are weak. That's not what Moses is saying in Psalm 90. The problem is, is we don't know how weak we are. That's the problem. We are not conscious of of that concept. And so, you know, the application, we did it last year, 
And so the application at the end of the sermon was the exact same. Hey, write your obituary. Um, it's a, I mean, my goodness, talk about a spiritual practice. Like if we're really going to meditate about this. So, but it was also, if you did that last year, pull it out and, and read it. Now we're a year, like, hello, we always want to measure goals, right? We always want to like, here we go. I mean, you wrote this down last year. How you doing? Are you still headed that direction? What has changed? What's all of that? So, um, have you guys done that? I mean, did you write it? Was it the first time this year? Did you review it? What was that experience like for you? What What did it reveal to you this year, your obituary? Now, tell me how y'all wrote yours, because I, you know, when we read them in community group, I, uh, there were, there were different kinds, you know, like what I've, from my perspective or whatever I, how I took from it was write the obituary and maybe this is stealing from Ecclesiastes, the series there, write your obituary of what you want it to be. Sure. And then I've heard, and then I heard write the obituary. I mean, then I heard people's obituaries of what they sure you, know, you, you passed right now, just the stuff right now. I mean, I mean, I think even how you approach that, the exercise is showing itself. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I great. I yeah. think either one of those is great. You know, which ones did y'all land on? I, I'm practical to a fault, so I wrote the practical. Yeah. I didn't. I left it open ended um, when it comes to like date of death and some goals and things like I didn't fill all that in but it wasn't like a I don't know it was very this is this was the life I had lived up to that moment yeah yeah I'm a hopeless romantic, and so I wrote it like this. I I pictured like an eternal flame on my grave when I wrote. I mean, yeah. I wrote it like, I mean, <laughs> just this idealistic like. Yes. He he wrought his heart. I mean, just like yeah, this. same, same, same. I mean, just this so ridiculous type of thing like that. But but I mean, I've preached, and I this is gonna sound crazy, okay? But I've worked at a funeral. I. Would I would preach a funeral right now. If someone was called me and they were like, we have a funeral going, we don't have a minister, I would get a rush and be like, I'll be right there. Mm-hmm. Don't charge me anything. I am coming. If someone was like, we're getting married tomorrow. Can you do our wedding? I'd be like, yes, I'll do your wedding. Gosh. <laughs> and because I love, I, <laughs> I love preaching at a funeral because everyone's listening. Mm-hmm. I have a dead body next to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I can go, everyone, everyone. It's fresh soil. Really quickly. Literally. You're going to be just like this. <laughs> that was a good one. That was really good. <laughs> right. You're going to, we're all going to be just like this. And everyone's like, there's just a moment that like, they can't block it out. They, they, they yeah. you're there. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I'm here for 20 minutes. This guy better hurt, like squirmy. And I'm like, here we go, man. Here we go. So yeah, I wrote it very idealistically. How about you so guys? has it changed? Like for you guys in the study? I haven't oh, written for my, sure. I haven't written the second one yet. I guarantee you it'll be different. 100%. Jason last year like described how he wanted his tombstone. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Do you want to? Go ahead. I mean, it was elaborate. Yeah, break it down. I don't think I remember it all. I remember walking away being like, that is unattainable. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I, would, I mean, like, I would, I would I, love a flame. It would love. Rock. Yeah. Right. I would love an eternal flame. Just like, I mean, just like but, a constant flame going. Yeah. Just like JFK's just like JFK's for sure. <laughs> you know, I want to be a tree. Yeah. I want to be planted with a tree. Hey, actually, can I get, this is a little bit morbid, but here we go. So I worked at a funeral home and one of the most rising Mm -hmm. ways now, apart from cremation, because the Pope came out and actually said it's okay. And I'm not kidding you. When the Pope blessed cremation, funeral homes, uh, cremations went up like 17%. Like that's how much power the Pope actually has, which is a different sermon. Can he do that? 100%. Hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. Yeah. Oh, when yet. the Pope speaks, it's called yeah. it's called ex cathedra, which means from the chair. It is the word of God. That's not what yeah. I mean. I mean, like, I've asked you about cremation. Yeah, I just yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I mean, so what's his backing? Yeah, I mean, his backing is his <laughs> backing like, is is that he's the Pope. That's yeah. what his backing is, you know. So, but no, one, run this. one of the rising <laughs> things is is that is that you buy a pod instead of a casket, and what the pod is is that when you get buried in this pod, a tree yes does sprout and, then, and grow from and it. And then the yep. family is sad all over again a hundred years later, right? Or whatever, when the tree dies. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think so when someone cuts it down for timber. <laughs> <Yeah>. Apartment complexes. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know, like yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. So good. Adam's like, I want to be a tree, and they're oh, gonna chop it down, so and my good. grandchildren are gonna mourn me. Yeah, <laughs> a piece of paper. That's so funny, man. That's good. How about some of you other guys? What was that experience like? Did you review it? Did you rewrite it? What's it been? I haven't rewritten it yet. I did kind of review it. And what was, it was that like? Hard. Yeah. Like it. It was so. And not death does not scare me. Sure. Sure. I get really emotional when I think of the things like my kids. Yeah. yeah and the, that's, like, was, the, yeah. that's the thing. Like when, and not even just cause like when I say my kids, a lot of people are like, Oh, she means Cooper and Jolie. I do, but yeah, <laughs> like I also, I don't want other people grieving me. Mm, wow. Like, that hurts me for them, especially little ones that don't understand. Sure. And I think we got to witness so much of that with JT. A hundred percent. Yeah. It broke me in a new way. Yeah, man. But that's so revealing, Nikki. That's so revealing how we live now in yeah. that sense. And so kudos to you, man. That's that's incredible for and sure. I, and I feel I, I relate to that a lot. And I feel like a lot of us do. It's like the what you leave behind, the pain that you leave behind, which should inform our own, hopefully, you know, view of death when people pass. It's like they want the same things that you do. Yeah. It's like, come on, yes. don't weep for me. Right. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Haley, Alex? I feel like like it is my working active obituary. Like, John knows where it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, if I were to die today, I would say print that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, hold on a sec. That's a real powerful statement. Like, print that. Like... <laughs> Please. Yeah, write it for printing. I mean, like I've I've evaluated, like I'm at <laughs> like, peace. I've evaluated this. Come on, I wrote it like if I were gonna die today, and honestly, I don't know if like like John and I talked about this hilariously like yesterday in the car or when we were on the walk. We go on a walk on Mondays before men's. I love it, and that's like when I get to know my husband the most. I don't know why, it's but great. like that walk. Okay? Yeah, and he was like, I don't know if anything in my obituary changed because like the facts that are there are facts are still there. Sure. You know, like husband to Haley. Yeah. Parent to make, you right. know what I mean? He said, but my life has changed so much since the first time I wrote that. Wow. And so I think like the things I wrote in there were true and will stand the test of time. If that makes any sense, like nothing about, the words are going to change for like me in my life. Yeah. But I think like it's between the words. It's how when someone else reads that, it makes mm. them feel, yeah. you know, like did what I write about myself. Did you remember that Haley? Did you remember that? Like, good. does that make any sense? hundred percent. Like, does it spur something in when I leave? Yeah. You That's know, really it's good. It's not meant for while I'm here. Yeah. And I want John to know this. John, if you go before me, you will get that Performing Arts Center in your name. Yeah. <laughs> John, no, I'm raising money, not, buddy. There's an annual thing for Murphy, and it's just happening. And I'm going to do it, John. I'm going to do it. Performing Arts Center at Mexico High School. It should happen. It's funny what you were just saying, though, because I've always kind of had a beef with obituaries. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I have. <laughs> I have a huge one, dude. I rearrange it when I read it. At a service. I never read an obituary cold like it is. Yeah, and and the content of it is also a little dry to me. Yeah. It's like, what is... I, I, I want more details. I want sure. More deets. Yep. I want to know more things. So I would like to see obituaries in that regard. Yes. Not just like, yes, survived by, you have these people right. in your life, this is kind of what you did for work, but right. like, what gave you life? And I never get that in obituaries. Mm. It's always just the basic facts that don't change with how the person changes. Sure. And I wish our obituaries were a little more descriptive. Yeah. 
I read an obituary one time where a guy had lived in extremely, I didn't know this family, so I was, I was coming in cold as the funeral home chaplain. And this guy had lived a rough life, man, and his kids were there, and they were just struggling. He was an alcoholic. He was in and out of, I mean, that's why he died. He just drank himself to death. And there was a line in the obituary that they put in there that said, and blank wrestled with his demons. Mm, and and now he is at peace. And, and I just looked at those kids like, and th- man, I just stopped reading. And I just said, thank you for being honest. Because that spoke to everybody mm-hmm. in this room. Yeah. Everybody's doing that. Yes. And... You know, my father-in-law has this great quote of he's worked at he's I mean, his dad owned the funeral home. He's been there all of his life. And he says that he's never done a single funeral where someone's gone to hell. Yeah. And what he meant by that was there's there's no reality. It how ironic is it that Ecclesiastes would say this is the realest place you can be, but we've become so uncomfortable with it that we distort the reality yeah. completely. And that little line was just like I, a, I think oh. that line needs to be in everybody. I don't care who you are, right? Like that's that should be a yeah canned line. It goes in your obituary I fought somewhere. The, the good newspaper fight. mandates it. I fought the good fight. Yeah, and wrestled have, with his demons. Yes, we all are for sure. Yeah. Alex, how about you, man? What was this exercise like? You kind of hinted a little bit at it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's honestly kind of one of those weird things. So I have this little thing in my house where it's like a poem that my dad wrote to Judah mm. when he was in the hospital. Wow. And I actually have his obituary. It's actually been laminated. I have it right in front of that photograph. Yeah. So I actually look at it quite often. Wow. And so it's always, for me, it's been this reminder of, my dad was only 58 when he died. Yeah. So relatively young. And uh, I just remember the whole, you know, when Judah was in the hospital, just to be real for a minute, you have to prepare for those things in those moments of, you don't know if you're going to be out of that situation anytime soon. Yeah. And uh, the reflection of being a dad and being a son. Ooh. And now that hits just so different when I prepare an obituary because now I have it up on my wall. Yeah. yeah. And so what about Judah? Mm. And what would that read like to him? Oh, and uh, bro. It, it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah man. It's tough to, to see almost that reflection yeah. of, of the father-son's dynamic. Yeah. Man, tough. that line of being a dad but also being a son yeah. at the same time and to live in that duality like i think that's definitely what i i felt too like when you write husband to courtney father to roman andy and pipe like the duality man that that ha- i'm also a son i'm also you know all of these types of things like that and that reflection point that's really good man mm-hmm. thank you for sharing that one last question what what are you guys um asking god for hoping that you know, he reveals to you in this season of Memento More leading up to Easter. You know, what what are you wanting? What are you seeing? What do you think God's doing? I think it's hitting different for sure. You know, it may honest. Uh, I don't know if this answers the questions. I feel guilty because of my unawareness. You know, I said it earlier, the inexperience. I, I do have guilt of, of, you know, I, I, I tried to empathize with people before and like, I feel you're hurting and I'm here for you and all that, but now it's a different sense. And so what's God doing? I feel like God is calling me to be more present and empathetic and Mm. uh, just coming along beside people more in it rather not like a guiding people because who the heck am I, but like uh, learning from them and uh, I don't know, just a a rallying together type of mentality. It's good. Um, yeah. That's good, man. Fellow traveler. Yeah. Fellow traveler along the way. That's good. How about you guys? Anything? I think I'm just wanting like true renewal. Mm. You know what I mean? Of just like actually letting it impact me instead of fighting it. I think last year was a lot of like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And this year it's like, I know this is going to be uncomfortable, but I want to get through that. Yeah. You know, like I want. I want to come out on the other side of it changed. I don't want to fight it this year. I want to be different thinking about it. If the goal is to renew our lives right now, like let, let that happen. Yeah. Like I just want it to happen. I have a desire for it this year or last year I fought it. I think, you know, I think preaching it, I feel 
completely different. And what I mean by that is I was talking to another pastor and he was like, man, we're thinking about doing this leading up to Easter. Is there anything that you would change? And I said, yes. I said, every teacher, preacher gets caught in the weeds. And what I mean by that is like the Lazarus, like, well, what, where is he? What is Hades? What's the chasm? What's, I mean, I had a graph, like I, like, this is not, you know, point number one, like, you know, like I'm, we're going to Disney or something like that. Like I was like, I've got to answer these questions. And like, people have these questions. And like, I think this year it's a lot slower. I think it's like, let it, let it do what it does. Simmer. Yeah, man. Let it. What What does the passage say? Say what the passage says. What does it not say? Right. Why are you trying to answer what it doesn't say? Yep. Like, just go slow with it. And so I really feel that and sense that in my spirit this year of just slowing down going through this one because God is doing, I mean, I, you know, I think it's a matter of our conscience. I think it's it's there regardless, um, no matter what we try to ignore. So rather than me get in the pilot seat and go, well, I really got to get these, you know, this, just let that do what it does, man. And whatever effect it has is the effect that it has in that mm-hmm. sense. So, yeah, for sure. Anybody else? What are you guys thinking about this year? I kind of am enjoying the weight of it. Mm, it's good. And that feels very weird to say. No, yeah. But I think the conversations yeah. are so much deeper and it's less about us. Yes. And I need it to be less about me. Yep. Always. For sure. Um, but I think those conversations are always turning back to right now. <clears throat> Where is Jesus taking you? Yeah, for sure. Where is Jesus taking me? What are you supposed to be seeing in yeah. this? Yeah. So the weight of that is very revealing. And I think that's what I'm trying to say, Nikki, is I think going back and doing it again, there's such an advantage to this of like, because the first initial one is what you said. It's about me. It's like, what are my kids going to think? And I don't want them to grieve and I don't want the, and then we just, and at the end of the day, you're like, it's just like, it's just as much about you as when you started this thing. But when you get to go take another run at this thing, man, it completely changes Mm. that perspective for sure. So Wow, that's really good, guys. Anybody got anything else? I just know we don't do it alone. Like you said yesterday, Jesus talked about his death a lot. Yeah. And so we're not doing it alone. You're not, you don't have to face this whole exercise alone. Yeah. You know, that, he goes before us. That was the hook for me in the in the intro. I was just like, okay, this is good. We always need to be reminded of this. Wait a second. Like, did Jesus do this? And it's yeah. like, <laughs> that's what I love about the gospels. Like, take any topic and then just go. Man, did Jesus do this? And then all of a sudden, that's all you see in mm. all of the Gospels. Like his birth narrative, they brought him myrrh. Like man, that would have been mind opener for me. Man, that's yeah. so weird, dude. Man, I love Jesus, <laughs> right? <laughs> man, you know what I mean? Who is so this guy? Right? Oh man, that is so good. That is so good. Hey, before we let them know what we have coming up, whatever life of the church, big announcement that we had Sunday, all of that good stuff. Do we have anything else? Do we have anything? Any insights? Anything that we need? I don't. I don't want the moment to pass. Don't want any questions to go unanswered. We're fitting it till next week. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Good. So obviously, guys, we made a huge announcement Major. Sunday. Big. Major. Major. Life-changing. I mean. Major. It was so funny to like say that the amount of people that were like, let's go. Another one, another one. You smart, right? Yeah, man. We are doing Easter at the Rogers Theater. April 9th. 2023 at 10 a.m. We're doing it again. And so we are celebrating Jesus's victory over death. This has become by God's grace, literally a hundred percent by God's grace, just something that is a part of our DNA. Like I, I, I heard someone say it in the lobby Sunday. Well, we do Easter big. And I was just like, Oh man, that just made my heart jump. I love that. So we're doing it again. And this year we are really asking for people to come prepared. So you can find out more. There's going to be Facebook event pages. You can see all of that. You'll be able to see the promo, all of that good stuff. But 
We're asking you to come prepared because 100% of the offering this year is going to the restoration of the Rogers Theater. What? (laughs) What? I did it. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. But I I was like, did I just say it wrong? Did I just say that wrong? I just wanted to like. Press it one more time. Do it. Do it. Yes. Wait, what? They're asking for money, but yet giving it away? Yes, we are. Because our tagline for Easter this year is all things new, that God can make all things new. And it seems appropriate to put our faith into action and to a physical, historical building like the Rogers Theater that everybody loves, but nobody wants to ante up. Well, we're going to ante up. There we go. And we want the restoration of the Rogers Theater to stand as a symbol in Butler County that God can make all things new. And so we're asking you to come prepared. So listen, we had those invite cards, invite people. One of the things we ask is, let Easter be the big investment to someone in your relationship. And what I mean by that is the big ask, okay, A-S-K, because Mm -hmm. sometimes when you say that, it can sound differently. I know. But we want that to be the thing that you ask people to come to. Those who are close, invest in that relationship, invite them. April 9th, 10 a.m., you'll be hearing a ton about it. Haley, what else do we have coming up in the life of the church? So we've got our family fun event. Yeah, yeah. Potluck picnic at the park yeah, on March 26. Bringing potluck yeah. back. Just come hang out. Man. Yeah, come Just... hang out, bring a snack, play at the park. It's going to be great. Yep. It's going to be fun. We've got some adult um, activities planned and some things for the kids. Like there's a picnic that sounded weird. Um, did. I was like, is there shots? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no idea. Okay, yeah. so normally when we do these family events... It's, we focus a lot, a lot on the kids. Yeah, for sure. And there's playground equipment. There's yeah. space to run, you know, and all these things. But we're going to do, and I don't want to give too much away. That's so okay. It's gonna sound awful. There's going to be games for adults. Thank you. That's Great. it. Games for adults. That's awesome. the words. And the competitive side comes out. Look, oh, yeah. if you and guys I love were there it. in November for kickball, oh, oh my gosh. It was like, we were like, kids, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I was nervous for some of the small people. Oh, man. It was freezing, but people were hot. Oh, it was. It, oh. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Well, listen, guys, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions, reach out to us. Every platform, text message, emails, Facebook page, all of that good stuff. We love you. Thank you for tuning in, and this week we continue in Memento Mori. So until we meet again, it is all about Jesus. Blessings.